You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello, happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to Disney One by One. This week, we're talking about The Princess and the Frog from 2009. And remember, you can find us everywhere on the internet at Disney One X One. If you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it and read it here on the show. We appreciate your feedback and comments. And also, now that Disney Plus is out, you can stream every movie on this list. And so if you want to go back and listen to past episodes, follow along, that's a great opportunity to do that if you're a, a subscriber to Disney+. Plus. So with that, joining me this week, as always, it's my brother David Rolfing. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. Hello, Mike. I will have fun facts for Princess and the Frog as usual, but here's a fun fact about Thanksgiving. Okay. The first Thanksgiving celebrated in 1621 over a three-day harvest festival. It included 50 pilgrims, 90 Wampanoag Indians, and lasted <laughs> three days. It is believed that only five women were present. What? Wow. <laughs> Even sad. from the Wampanoags? I guess they only, they only brought their, a couple their women. warriors. <laughs> oh. Should I marry Coco Wom? That's great music in that movie. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry that we just immediately go to the only Native American movie ever done about Thanksgiving, but. What does that say yeah. about us? Yeah. It says Disney needs to make more. Yeah. And joining us this week, as always, <laughs> it's Chris Lair. <laughs> <As always. laughs> uh, you heard Chris on, let's oh, pull up the goodness. list. Treasure on, Planet. On Pinocchio, yeah. on Saludos Amigos. On Alice in Wonderland, The Black Cauldron. Yes, personal favorite. On Hunchback of Notre Dame, and uh, just a few weeks ago on Treasure Planet. Chris, welcome back to Disney <laughs> One by One. <laughs> oh, Mike, thank you for having me. It's it's just such a joy in my life to be a guest on this show. Well, we love having you, and uh, we've learned a lot about you. Do you have any Thanksgiving-related stories you could tell to start the show off today? Uh, yeah, a little. It's a quick one, but it's okay. relevant. A couple of years ago, actually three years ago, I got a, a really nice smoker. It's a Kamado style smoker, which means it's ceramic and it's shaped like an egg. You've probably heard of the company. The big green egg. Big green egg, yeah. yeah. Well, this is not them. This is Vision Grills. So there's a plug for them. And I actually worked for is them. Is that at who the you time. used to work for? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I used to work for them. I was like deep into their media department, did a lot of video for them. And I really wanted to smoke a turkey. And so they're like, hey, you know what? Why don't you just make a video for it, too? So I made a video about how to smoke a turkey. And this was my first time ever smoking a turkey. <laughs> and and uh, to put it lightly, I kind of burned it. It was like, a, it was like 20, <laughs> a 20-pound turkey. And, I mean, it still turned out pretty tasty once you got past all the burnt exterior. Mm. Then last year I did uh, Did, did, did you again. release the video or was that a wash? Yeah, video's out yeah. there. It's out there. You're just like, hey, there's the turkey. It's black as the night. <laughs> and I mean, I basted it like crazy. I don't know. I, fought, I, I read up on it for weeks and I still burned it. Anyway, so I did it again last year. I, I did a turkey and it turned out a lot better but this year, going for gold, man. I plan on doing it to the absolute best that I can and not burning it. 
Well, there is a a hallowed story in the Rolfing slash Keen family oh. uh, history of Thanksgiving drama and excitement. Oh my gosh, I'm already enticed. <laughs> um, I don't even know what year it was. It, it was probably. I mean, I had a video camera on me when it happened, so I would have had to have been at least middle school, maybe ninth, tenth grade. David, any idea? Yeah, I'd say I <laughs> Some, was in something like, like that. Third grade. Our dad decided it would be fun to fry a turkey for Thanksgiving, which awesome. can be quite tasty if you so do good. it do it correctly. And he had the turkey fryer in the driveway in my grandparents' backyard and cooked the turkey. We ate dinner. Dinner ended and someone comes in and says, Fred, who's our dad, is your turkey fryer supposed to be shooting flames out the top of it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he forgot to turn it off. He took the turkey out and never turned it off. And so the grease and the fat and whatever else, the peanut oil or whatever he used to, to fry the turkey was in there and now on fire. And as oh you all know or should know, with a grease fire, you do not, you know, put water on it. No. So, and our dad being a pyro, he put, <laughs> he put the lid back on and the flames went out. But he's like, oh, this is kind of fun. And he took the lid off and would light up again, you know, put it on, <laughs> you know, take it off. He did that enough that the, and it was hot enough that the lid got warped. And so it wouldn't seal it completely. Oh, no. And so even with the lid on, there were still flames shooting out the sides <laughs> of it. And so what do you do next? So, well, you try to seal it properly. And so he then got a, a cinder block from somewhere in the yard and s put the, this brick on top of it to try to, you know, weigh down the edges. That didn't work. I believe there were at least two or three bricks put on top of it that, that failed to do anything. Oh, my gosh. Um, there must not have been a fire extinguisher in the house. I remember at one point they brought out like baking soda and started dumping it on top, but that's not going to do a giant grease fire. Oh stuff. my gosh. And so the only solution was what, David? Water. No. <laughs> to well, to, to so. do, do something to cool it down was the thought. Okay. And so the, he got a big bucket of cold water and dumped it on the on the grease oh fire. Gosh. And there is a fireball that shoots out the side of this thing like... <laughs> At least six, seven, eight feet high. Just, whoosh, and this is all on camera because I had my video camera. I'll, uh, I'll you find post it, and, it. I'll find it and link to it in, in the show notes. Yes. And it cooled it down enough that it put it out. And, uh, wow. or at least enough that no flames are shooting out. And, uh, they did leave it in the driveway overnight just to be safe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and not, and not move it. But, uh, I think that was the last of the turkey frying. He may have done it again the next year, but oh, man. was was sure to turn off the propane uh, once the once the bird was removed. I love a good fried turkey. That's the famous Rolfing turkey fryer story, courtesy of of our father. Well, thank goodness someone had the camera rolling. You know, yes, always, <laughs> always, especially in that household. Man, it's not that surprising. <laughs> oh, and it could have been so worse. It was like right yeah. underneath, right underneath a tree and right next to the house. No way. And the driveway was, you know, has a has a slope to it so that thing would have tipped over or something there'd be a just a wall of flames going down the, the you know the road in the middle of suburban st louis on thanksgiving on thanksgiving sounds like something out of national lampoon <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so with that we'll move on to princess and the frog <laughs> and now our feature presentation this holiday season Oh, 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 
in the tradition of Walt Disney's most beloved classics. <laughs> comes the story behind the most magical kiss the world has ever known. Walt Disney Pictures, The Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog is a movie set in New Orleans. The film tells the story of a hardworking waitress named Tiana who dreams of owning her own restaurant. After kissing a prince who has been turned into a frog by an evil voodoo sorcerer, Tiana becomes a frog herself and must find a way to turn back into a human before it is too late. So prior to its 2004 release of Home on the Range, Disney announced that Home on the Range would be the final traditionally animated film. Sad tears there. Mm. But after they bought Pixar, John Lasseter came on board as president and chief creative officer of Disney Animation Studios as well, and he insisted that hand-drawn animation return to the company. Yes. Many of the animators who had worked on the 2D hand-drawn animated films had left. You know, it's been a while, you know, five or six years since they've done uh, Brother Bear. And a lot of those guys had left, guys and girls had left. But Lasseter brought, decided to bring them back. They brought back Ron Clements and John Musker, who are famous for directing Grey Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, and Treasure Planet. Oh, yeah. They had left the company in 2005, but Lasseter demanded their return, and they did so willingly. Both Disney and Pixar had projects in development based on the fairy tale of the Frog Prince, and so they kind of merged those ideas together to create The Princess and the Frog. They decided to bring back the classic Broadway musical format that had since departed <laughs> these past Disney movies and was so successful in the 90s, you know, during the Renaissance. They were set on doing a fairy tale, but they wanted something in America as opposed to all the European ones we've had in the past. They chose New Orleans as the, as the setting because of its magical qualities and also because it was John Lasseter's favorite city. What do you know? Chris, do you have a favorite city? Yeah, St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Well, St. Charles, actually. Really? Are you being serious? Yeah, man. Oh, all right. No place like it. David, do you have a favorite city? Probably London. That's a good answer. How about you? I don't know. I haven't thought about it till this moment. Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yeah, Baku. Baku, Azerbaijan. <laughs> was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, I'll take a rain check on that. St. Louis is pretty cool, but there's, there's better places. There just are. The crew spent 10 days in New Orleans, or at least the directors and a few other folks, scouting before writing began. Princess and the Frog was originally announced as the Frog Princess in July of 2006, and early concepts and songs were presented to the public at uh, the Disney shareholder meeting in 2007. Uh, these announcements drew criticism from African-American media outlets due to the elements of the Frog Princess story, characters, and settings considered distasteful. In the original story, uh, Tiana's name was Maddie, which sounds very similar to the derogatory term of Mammy. Ooh. Also protested were Maddie's original career as a chambermaid. She she wasn't originally a waitress. She was like a maid in a house. Oh, no. <laughs> and also her love interest, also her love interest in a non-black prince, you know, because the prince is from some made-up place, which upset mm -hmm. opponents of on-screen interracial romance. Mm -hmm. The use of a black male voodoo witch doctor was controversial as the film's villain. The frog princess title was thought by critics to be a slur on French people. Good I'm grief. I'm not really sure what that means, <laughs> what but yeah, I don't know. Also question was the film's New Orleans setting because uh, Hurricane Katrina had happened in 2005, yeah. uh, re resulting in the number of you know African-Americans being displaced uh -huh. 
Critics claim the choice of New Orleans as a setting for Disney film with, with a black heroine was an affront to c- the Katrina victim's plight. All sorts of stuff going on Good when this grief. movie was announced. How did this film get made? Yeah, so in response <laughs> so in response to these criticisms, the film's title was changed, The Frog Princess, or From the Frog Princess to The Princess and the Frog. Obviously, Maddie was changed to Tiana, and the character's occupation was changed from a maid to a waitress. They brought on Oprah Winfrey as a technical consultant for the movie, um, leading her to be the voice actor of of the mother, Eudora. She does a good job. The screenplay was written by Musker and Clements, the two directors, with help from a guy named Rob Edwards. And it's very much a classic princess movie in disguise, if you look at all the elements. You have the princess, you have the prince, you have the evil witch. Is the, the the voodoo guy? Yeah. Um, you have the king. You know the, the dad of the white girl. The sort of the representative John of, of like of like the king. There's a lot yeah. of those elements of a princess movie kind of disguised in Princess and the Frog, which is kind of fun. Casting of this movie: Tiana's played by Anika Noni Rose. That character is animated by Mark Hen, who's a very prominent Disney animator. Bruno Campos plays Prince Naveen. I never heard of him either. Um, from the fake kingdom of Maldonia. Um, and Keith David plays the voodoo doctor. I've never heard of any of those people. What? You never heard of Keith David? I don't think so. You'd recognize him. Okay. Names I did recognize. Jim Cummings plays Ray the Firefly. Jim Cummings is a very... Prolific. Diverse, prolific voice actor. Most famous for... He does Winnie the Pooh now. He took over mm-hmm. for Sterling Holloway as Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And a number of characters. He does all sorts of characters. John Goodman, as you said, plays Eli Big Daddy LaBeouf. <laughs> and Oprah, as we said, plays Tiana's mother. And Terrence Howard plays her father. Musker and Clements, design-wise, wanted to emulate Lady and the Tramp. That was what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lasseter called Lady and the Tramp the, the pinnacle of Disney's style. Yeah. Bambi served as a template for a lot of the bayou scenes. The Bambi was painted in a way of what it feels like to be in a forest more than what's like realistic yeah and the same thing here they just they wanted to capture the essence of new orleans as opposed to like making it perfectly photorealistic and they used a number of digital tools to sort of expedite the hand-drawn look of this movie a lot of it was done on sort of pen you know wacom tablet kind of deals drawing on computers though it is hand-drawn a lot of photoshop work in this movie beautiful literally literally really Yes. Randy Newman came on board to work on the music for this movie, <laughs> which I can tell immediately. I just, I can picture oh, that yeah. first song, him, his voice coming in. Fortunately, his voice did not come in. I'm not a big fan Ever. of Randy Newman's voice. <laughs> Daddy um, knew yeah. me. <laughs> in the But he is a great songwriter and a great composer. He was oh, fresh yeah. off a number of Pixar movies, including Toy Story, Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc., and Cars. That mm-hmm. might be all of them at the time. He composed, arranged, and conducted the music for this movie, a mixture of jazz and zydeco and blues and gospel. Mm, love. And a, and a whole number of voice cast members contributing to the soundtrack. Some great songs in this movie. Oh, yeah. Rich people, poor people, all got dreams. Dreams do come true in New Orleans. It opened in limited release November 25th, 2009, and wide release December 11th of the same year. It made $267 million 
on its $105 million budget. So success. Ayo. But despite what would look like a success, it was quickly overshadowed by the release of Avatar <laughs> the same year. <laughs> oh, man. Which became the number one movie of all time. So the top, yeah, the top five in 2009 were uh, Up, Twilight, New Moon, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, and of course Ooh. Avatar. Princess and the Frog landed at number 32, but it was still Ooh. a decent success. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and twice for the original song Oscar for Almost There and Down in New Orleans, but it lost to Up for Animated Feature and to Crazy Heart for Original Song. Hmm. I'm not a big fan of Up. That might just be me. Thank you. Thank but you, I th- Mike. I was just about to say that. Thank you. I think you. Princess and the Frog is way better than Up, oh, personally. I, I could not agree more with you, man. I don't know if this is better, but I think Up is definitely overrated. I think it's very overrated. Yes. Like, the idea of it's great. I think it's a really fun concept yes. of, you know, flying away on a balloon house. Yeah. I'm just not a big fan of the dogs. Me neither. Or of the bird. Me neither. Oh, it's like, isn't it all about kind of saving the bird, basically? The, yeah. Ke- kind of, yeah. Because like, first he just wants to get to the falls, and yeah. then they find the bird, and the bird's like the last of his kind or something. Like, yeah, we got to save Kevin. I just really there's a lot my suspension of disbelief was just stretched far too thin in that film not a big fan of up did you see the trailer for the new Pixar movie that is that was just released souls yeah I have not seen the trailer just came out a couple weeks ago it looks really interesting I'm excited for it I saw Trent Reznor's on board for the score so which is which is odd but great yeah really bizarre I was like what yeah not a Newman brother? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a, or a, or a Giacchino? Yeah, is this legal? That guy's name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not one of the Newmans or Giacchino. It's yeah. I smell a conspiracy. Anyway, yeah, not a big fan of Up. Nope. Princess, the Princess and the Frog should have won. Amen. Um, other random things: Princess and the Frog in the theme parks. I couldn't think of much, so I did some. Re- I did a little research. I was wondering if there was a Tiana's Palace restaurant somewhere. Oh man. Which I couldn't recall from any of my parks knowledge, but it, it, there is a Tiana's Place restaurant. I don't know if they must have just they what? forgot some le- they forgot some letters on one of the one of the cruise ships. How do you get that close? On the Disney Disney Wonder, there's a restaurant called Tiana's Place. Just kind of odd why they wouldn't just call it Tiana's Palace, but was that just like a typo? And they, they just <laughs> like, went with ah, it. just leave it. Yeah. Who's there was a notice? parade. There was a parade in Magic Kingdom and in Disneyland called Tiana's Showboat Jubilee. It it ran from 2009 to 2010. So yeah, that's all I can think of in the theme parks. I'm sure there's definitely the characters appear throughout. Disneyland has a whole New Orleans square. Yeah, it's true. Section of it, which I'll talk about a little bit later, that was made before this movie came out, but they definitely have worked Princess and the Frog into that section in various ways. Ed Catmull, who is the former president of Pixar and Walt Disney Animation Studios, has a book out called Creativity, Inc., which I've not read the whole thing. I've been meaning to. But he talks a little bit about this movie and sort of the time of the companies. then. He acknowledged that Disney made a, quote, serious mistake in the process of marketing and releasing this movie. So the marketing department had warned the animation department that using the word princess in the title would lead, you know, moviegoers to think the film was for girls only. Oh. But the animation studio's management insisted on keeping princess in the title because they believed in the movie and they believed that the quality of the movie and and the return of hand-drawn animation would bring... The masses. Guys, girls, old and young to this movie. But in the words of Ed Catmull, this belief was, quote our version of a stupid pill, unquote. (laughs) And uh, the marketing department turned out to be correct in their prediction 
that moviegoers would be would shy away from this and think of us for little little girls only because it's a princess movie. Brutal. And then as as, as I said, the error was further compounded by the release of Avatar, which is kind of stumped on everything. Yeah. And so. Uh, looking back on the experience, Lasseter was quoted saying, um, I was determined to bring back hand-drawn animation because I felt it was such a heritage of the Disney studio yes. and the love of the art form. I was stunned that princesses didn't do better. We dug into it and we did a lot of research in focus groups and it was viewed as old-fashioned by the audience. <laughs> so, unfortunately, the uncultured audiences have just slowly straying away from this 2D animation, hand-drawn animation, and to the detriment of us all. Yeah, big time. So that's my extensive history of Princess and the Frog. David, any fun facts? Or Chris, any fun facts to contribute? I'll let David go first. I'll just add one. There's a shot of a church steeple overlooking the city, and the birds in that shot were reused from The Lion King. No kidding. So random. Whoa. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) I don't know why. That's all I know. What a piece of trivia. (laughs) (laughs) So... Here's a kind of a weird piece of trivia because I had a similar thought. I like history. I wouldn't call myself a history buff or anything, but I, I'm, I'm a fan of history, you know? I'm on those different subreddits. And I was like, okay, so this is in the mid-1920s. Wouldn't that be like during Prohibition? But they kept showing alcohol like in different scenes. And I looked into it and apparently that's actually pretty accurate because while Prohibition was in effect until like 1932 or 3, 33 I think, even though it was in effect till then, it was super ignored across the United States, especially in New Orleans. So even seeing it widely and publicly displayed would not be contrary to history. So it's pretty hmm. neat. Nice. And the only other thing I have is that at the end of the movie, well, it shows up a couple times in the film. But at the end of the movie, they show the St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. And that's one of the many things that ties New Orleans to our home city. They are widely considered as sister cities. Mm-hmm. The fleur-de-lis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's on right. the St. Louis flag. It's a symbol of St. Louis, and it's certainly a symbol of New Orleans. So, Chris, before we get into our reactions, it is tradition to talk about our history with these movies. Had you seen Princess and the Frog? Oh, yeah. I had seen it. Uh, This was like a huge breath of fresh air when it came out for me. I was catching on like I could just smell it in the air that CGI was (laughs) taking over and uh, 2D animation was phasing out. So whenever I saw this, I mean, even just the marketing, what little there was, I was just amped up to see this movie because I was so excited. I was like, maybe this is hope. This is hope. Maybe <laughs> Disney's going to make more of this. <laughs> and uh, they didn't. Alas. 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 <laughs> but I, I remember seeing this with a big group of friends. Hmm. And I was just euphoric the entire time. We were all laughing our pants off. You know, we enjoyed the movie thoroughly. We were all quoting it for years. I still, like, throughout, like, watching it again, I realized how much I've quoted parts of this film so it's interesting david had you seen this what's your history with princess and the frog i hadn't their marketing team failed me i saw i saw avatar twice in theaters i think i never saw this movie until today no yeah wow wow i think i had seen this at some point (laughs) i did not see it in theaters there was a phase right after college and this would have been right after college 
where I was like getting three discs at a time from Netflix, like just churning oh, through movies, nice. just churning through movies I'd never seen before. And I think this was one of those, okay. but I probably watched it like amongst a couple others in a short period of time and may have been half distracted and I really didn't remember it much. Was it on what I watched this week? No, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deep cut. Chris, you probably haven't seen what I watched this week. I don't even know. What do you? What is this? I did a movie review show. What? That was, it was short lived. <gasps> it had two seasons. Seasons? Each. Yeah, well, <laughs> because I did like six episodes in season one and then i stopped what and then like a year or two later i i, I you know resurrected it where can i watch like, this instagram no 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 that's a different one dave that's a whole other thing that oh, wasn't yeah, instagram. You're, you're right. that's what a I, quarter minute critic what i watched and we'll get to that what i watched this week was on yes. facebook the original season one is definitely on facebook season two is on youtube if you go on YouTube and search what I watched this week and maybe put my name in it too, you can find it. And season two is way better. Okay, what? I just Googled it and it's not coming up. What I watched this week, maybe try Rolfing at the end of it. No, the fa- that brings up the Facebook page. Search what I watched this week, Mighty Ducks. There you go. That that brings it up. Because for some reason, the last episode I ever did, I just I uploaded it and I left. I never looked at it again. And now it has 30,000 views. <laughs> 30,000? Why am I... It's not coming up for me. Send me a link. Here, here's the link. S- search the what I watched this week, Mighty Ducks. Yo, um, here we go. But if you go into the channel, what I watched this week, and look at the the best episode is um, the Oscar preview, season two, episode five. I see it. It's youtube.com slash what I watched this week. Well, I just right? subscribed and I rang the bell, so. <laughs> well, you're never going to get a notification. If you ever resurrect this, I'm going to be ready. Yeah, if you type in youtube.com slash what I watched this week, you can find season two if you're really curious. Ooh, yeah, I reviewed, curious. I, re- I reviewed what I watched that week. Wow. Why did we even talk about this? Why did you mention this? Because I was asking 2009. if you reviewed this movie on that show. Oh, no, I did not. Oh. And then my other show was called Quarter Minute Critic. Oh, my gosh. Which was just on Instagram because Instagram, for a time, the maximum length of a video you could have on there is 15 seconds. No way. Really? Yeah. And then and they abandoned that fairly quickly. So that kind of ruined the gimmick of my show. Oh. But if you search Quarter Minute Critic on, on Instagram, those are up. There's there's quite a few of those because I tried doing them almost daily for a little while, but then as most projects of mine go, I abandoned it fairly quickly. Man, but we are on episode forty nine of Disney One by One. You so did it. You finally we're, you we're, found we're, your stride. We're going pretty, <laughs> we're going pretty strong. Um, wow. What were we talking about? Uh, impressions of this movie. Yeah. So you don't remember it. Uh, I don't remember it, but I think I saw it. So that's about <laughs> that's ouch. Long 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 story short. <laughs> So, Chris, now that you have seen this movie again, yes. we'll, we'll dive deep into Princess and the Frog, but what is your overall reaction to this movie? I love it. I absolutely love it. Start to finish, very few complaints. It it cracked my, like, maybe even my top five. I don't know. It I loved it. David, first-time viewer, first-time caller, what do you think of Princess and the Frog? I enjoyed it. I, I'm not, like, a big fan of the voodoo vibe. Sure. One reason why I... I don't really like Live and Let Die, the James Bond movie <laughs> with a similar villain. I've never been to New Orleans, so maybe it's a cool really? city. I don't know. I feel like the pacing in the movie is a little weird. I feel like an, it's not till an hour in until we meet the, what's that lady's name? The witch doctor Mama lady. Mama Odie. Mama Odie. Yeah. I had some issues with the pacing in the movie. 
overall it was good though and i really did enjoy the animation it was a breath of fresh air to get that like clean crisp like really well done mm-hmm. hand-drawn animation even though bolt and the other cgi movies we've seen so far have been all right looking like this they're not to the point yet where they're like pixar level so this one definitely looked really good mike what'd you think as i mentioned uh, before the ramblings about my movie review shows i would say i'd, I'd barely seen this movie before and so i went in pretty fresh slate other than generally knowing the plot nice and i loved this movie bro from 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 start to finish it's so good (laughs) yes i had chills like the entire time man it's so good and like the songs are incredible Mm -hmm. the musical sequences are incredible Mm -hmm. the characters are great and really fun it, it, it this this feels like a disney movie and i don't know why it just it has escaped me until now but it is certainly going to land in my top 10 at least and we'll see with the next eight nine movies but as of now it's definitely got a place in there and i really 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 enjoyed it preach brother this old town can slow you down people taking the easy way I know exactly where I'm going Getting closer and closer every day And I'm almost there So let's talk about this movie in some more detail. What do you guys got? I would love to talk about the songs. Yeah! We said Randy Newman uh, slaying it mm-hmm. with this. Now, I've only seen the movie once, so I don't quite know the songs by heart, but we had Down in New Orleans, Almost There, Friends on the Other Side, oh. uh, When We're Human gonna take you there my bell evangeline and dig a little deeper i don't think i'm missing anything yeah i think that's it really one after another those were just so charming and so much fun mm-hmm. and they did so many unique things in those music sequences the first one is stylized in like the 2d flat animation style which is yeah. very interesting very art deco art deco it's yep every single musical number became like an incredible set piece on its own. Right. Way more than what we've had in the last number of movies. I mean, the last number of movies have all just been random pop songs playing in the background, so it's kind of different, but... But to bring back that musical format that made such classics as, you know, you can rattle them off, Little Mermaid, Lion King, etc. Like, I don't know why they abandoned that in the first place. And now, but now to bring it back, it was, it was so, it was so great. To echo what you're saying here, I think that, you know, the, the music is so catchy and the visuals, I think they, they they play to each other so well. Each song has its own distinct, like, impression that it left on me. I never felt like, you know, this song kind of blurred into that song and I get them confused. It's like even just hearing you name off the tracks, like, I'm already hearing the motifs in my head, like, when we're human... And we're gonna be, you know, it's just like... Oh, yeah, that song's great. It's so I good. I love it. I mean, it, I was like, I was smiling. I was like tapping my toes. Man, I was just loving it. When I'm human, as I hope to be, I'm on a bloody 
And his voice is fantastic. Yes. Lewis, right? Yeah, well, he's named after Louis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, at one point, he even dabs, like, he grabs some moss off the tree and dabs the side of his mouth, which is something that Louis Armstrong used to do because of a trumpet-playing accident. He would, like, drool saliva. It's just like you, Mike. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Chris, you don't know. Oh, this is a great opportunity. I've been waiting 48 episodes to tell this story. Oh, what? What is this? What's happening? <laughs> David brought it up, so I'm going to tell it. It's irrelevant, irrelevant to Princess and the Frog, but it's irrelevant to every other Disney movie as well. Chris, you know my face smash story, don't you? I do. Yeah, it, well, I'll tell it, it in brief. <laughs> and this is related to the dabbing the cheek, which will we'll come back around. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Yeah, so in 10th t- t- grade... I was having bad, like, allergies, allergic reactions in my eyes just from, like, pollen and stuff from being outside playing baseball. And so my mom took me to the eye doctor to get my eyes checked. And I have, I guess, I mean, as far as I know, I have pretty perfect vision. So I've never, like, been to the eye doctor and and, and had, like, had like my eyes dilated and that sort of thing. And right. so he, was, he did that to check them, decided to dilate my eyes. And apparently I'm, like, allergic to the drops that they use. Holy cow. Or I have some rare condition where they lower my blood pressure too much or something like that. Oh, my goodness. And so when I got up to walk out of the doctor's office, I blacked out and passed out and fell six foot three inches onto my chin onto the doctor's office carpet, Ooh. which is basically just concrete. Oh. And uh, <laughs> shattered my face. Oh. And bit the tip of my tongue off, and knocked a front tooth out, and had a con- had a concussion so horrible that I don't remember any of it. I remember what I was wearing that day. I do remember that. <laughs> what? Because I remember they had to cut it off me in the hospital. Well, Whoa. I was told I was told they had to cut it off me, and I was sad because it was a new shirt. Bummer. <laughs> and so I was out. I was like out cold for I don't know twelve hours, and waking up periodically and asking my dad the same questions over and over and over again. And uh, <laughs> that was May. 10th or 12th of my sophomore year of high school right before I turned 16 and I wasn't chewing any normal food until like middle of July because of my shattered jaw so it was pretty awful and uh, but I but I watched a lot of movies I watched a lot of movies do I remember any of them no because I had a terrible concussion the only one I remember that I watched was Twister I watched probably 30 other movies and I couldn't tell you a single one of them as a result, many side effects from this trauma, including various root canals, fake teeth, uh, plastic surgeries, that sort of thing. But I have what is what I've learned is called Fry's syndrome, which is caused by facial trauma, which screws up some gla- like saliva glands in your in your cheek. And so, if I chew anything or eat anything super flavorful or chewy, my cheek like it looks like my cheek is sweating, but it's like it's like saliva coming out of my face. <laughs> Holy smoke. Just like Louie. Just, Just like Louie. Just like the Louis. Just like Louie. I got it in there. That's my face smash 03 is what I call that. Face smash 03. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I talk about it in jest now, but it was pretty terrible at the time. So. <laughs> Where were we? We were talking about the songs. I really like the song with the witch doctor lady, yes. whatever her name was. Mama and again, Odin. they pick a different little style and they have all these animals and very, very yep. much like I just can't wait to be king vibe going on with her and the animals in her house. That was a great sequence. What were the other ones? I'm trying to flip through here. Well, and find there's always them. friends on the other side. 
Yep. Which to your point, David, I also am not a big fan of the voodoo stuff. And we can go on another quick tangent. As you mentioned, uh, Live and Let Die. Possibly my least favorite Bond movie. One no, of them. Well, it's hard to it. it's hard to beat Die Another Day negatively. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Die Another Day is pretty bad, but Live and Let Die is... There's a lot of voodoo stuff in there. It's just creepy. It is it's creepy. Kinda, it's, it's just kind of gross. I think that's why I'm drawn to it, because it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, all the shadow stuff. Holy cow. Like, also, not to jump to the end of, like, the movie here, but how it ends with Dr. Facilier, the shadow man... He gets, it, this is the conclusion. He just gets dragged to some, like, hellscape. Oh, that's maybe the one of the best villain deaths in Disney oh, history. Oh, it's so good. But what kind of, like, left me, like, with this hollow feeling, like, real, and not, not in a bad way, but, like, something unique about this conclusion is the bad, evil force was not defeated. They just were like, okay, I guess we'll leave now. We got this guy, so we're going to go. Yeah. But they weren't, they weren't, like, extinguished. You know what I mean? Oh, oof, man. Live and Let Die does have possibly the best James Bond theme song, though. Yes. So it does have that Live and it. Let Die. The reason I don't think I like the voodoo stuff in this movie is just because it has no rules. Like, it's just so wild. And, like, the shadow people can do whatever they want. That's and right, it just they seems, can. It's not grounded whatsoever. <laughs> and I know it's a cartoon, but it just... It felt like the villain was too powerful, I think. I, I, I hear you. I, I agree with that. But it didn't, it didn't make the movie any less or good for me <laughs> did, did you not think it was super cool whenever like the shadow peoples were pulling on prince naveen and like you could see his shadow being held by the shadow but then he was just floating in midair yeah it was incredible it's so scary it's like ah, what are these things i think it's a very clever i don't know they, they use that pattern of the shadows a lot and the first time they showed it his shadow like doing a little dance yeah. when they were in his little shop that was very clever I, I liked how the shadows were kind of just in the background but also had a physical role that you wouldn't expect it was clever yeah and to your point too like whenever they're it's like the opening of the song like Dr. Facilier is about to like sit down in the chair and his shadow pushes the chair forward and it's just like oh little subtle little subtle things like that just I love it Sit down at my table. Put your minds at ease. If you relax, it will enable me to do anything I please. And yeah, I, lo I loved all the colors in the voodoo stuff. Mm. As much as I don't really like voodoo stuff, I think they did it really well. <laughs> the purples and greens. And yeah, a yeah. lot of cool glowing things, and it's just it was it was very well done, despite me agreeing with David that I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. And I got friends on the other side. He's got friends on the other side. Did you believe their love story? Yes, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. Melted my heart. Well, I thought it was great because they didn't have to fall in love. Nope. Like, it, it still all came to a conclusion without that even happening, needing to happen, but they decided to anyway. I absolutely... By the way, just since you're, you're touching on this, I want to add that I love the moral of this story. I think this has such such a good, like one of Disney's best morals in, in their entire like pantheon because it's it's really summed up well in the prologue whenever her dad, Tiana, the name Tiana, I don't even know her name, but <laughs> whenever her dad, when Terrence Malick is talking to her. Not Terrence Malick, Terrence what Howard. What did I say, Terrence <laughs> Terrence Malick, Terrence the, prolific, the prolific film director, yes. Oh, that guy, Tree of Life guy. No, Terrence Howard. 
whenever he's talking to her and he's like, if you got a dream, then you go for your dream, but you got to work for it, but don't lose track of what's important. It's like the way he says it is so poignant and like, it's beautiful. And I, it's inspiring. Even to me now, I just, I love it. I love the message and it's reinforced the entire film. (laughs) Well, you wish on that star, sweetheart. Yes, you wish and you dream with all your little heart. But you remember, Tiana, that that old star can only take you part of the way. You gotta help along with some hard work of your own, and and then, yeah, you can do anything you set your mind to. I was trying to think of other famous people named Terrence. <laughs> Terrence Stamp. Who is that? He plays Chancellor Valorum in in <laughs> Phantom Menace. Holy cow. Am I right? I think I'm right. Hang on. You're Terrence. probably right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Call for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum's leadership. And then he sits down. Yeah. Upset. There were also just so many things in this movie that reminded me of Disneyland. Yeah, like New Orleans Square. Which I adore. And so that made me like this movie even more. Yes, the New Orleans thing is the obvious thing. There is right. a New Orleans Square in Disneyland, which is pretty small but they kind of you know built uh bourbon street with the balconies and the yeah and the be and the beads and the mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and it's it's very idealized new orleans uh-huh which is what this movie is as well so those things definitely coincide pretty closely also the riverboat stuff Love i mean one of the one of the stuff. iconic things in disneyland and in magic kingdom in florida is the is the big riverboat yeah and so that's obviously a, a big thing in this movie and then just like the music in general i mean the the music in this movie sounded like what you'd hear on main street in disneyland that just sort of classic banjo-y horns right you know snare drum kind of yeah. americana kind of music which is works perfectly in new orleans or in main street in disneyland so those things just as a whole just put it up a notch for me because of just things that i love i love disneyland and i love those parts of disneyland and this just encapsulated that kind of that stuff so well have you guys been in new orleans david you said you haven't chris have you i have i went back in 2008 with my church we did like a like a mission trip after Katrina. after the after the hurricane, yeah, mm-hmm. I was there just a couple of years ago for a work for a work trip. We went there to interview the the head coach of the Saints. Eat some beignets. Uh, I don't think I had any beignets. Oh. Mike, is a beignet like the same thing that we ate at Casa Bonita? No, those are sopapillas. Okay, it looked very similar. <laughs> I mean, they're generally the same idea, but they're different. Yeah, it's like fried dough, honey, and then powdered sugar, right? And that basically yeah, beignets are a little fluffier than sopapillas, I think. Another tangent, Mike and his wife and daughter came to visit us in Denver the other weekend, and we went to the famous Mexican restaurant, Casa Bonita, (laughs) uh, popularized by the the South Park episode where Cartman really wants to go there. Oh, yeah. Casa Bonita, Chris? No. Well, I mean, so only... Okay, I'll be honest. I thought that South Park made it up. I didn't... No, it's a real real place. And there used to be a, like a handful of them around the country and there's still one remaining in, in Denver or in, yeah, outside of Denver. Whoa. We went there. They, they have the cliff divers. It's like the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot mm. Ooh. times 10, but like what? not as, but not as, uh, nice. Yeah. It's like the Mexico <laughs> Pavilion at Epcot times 10, but not near as nice. <laughs> basically. Oh, and unlimited sopapillas. Yeah. It's like you're in an outdoor <laughs> Mexican village, but you're inside a giant building. Sweet. 
and there's waterfalls and caves and there's like a mine and there's a village and, and it, the place can fit like 900 people dining. Oh my it's gosh. Packed. It's super corny. It's just a tourist trap, but it's wonderful. Awesome. I got to go. Beignets are like more, more donut, donut-y. Mm-hmm. You can buy Mickey shaped beignets at Disneyland in the, in the, yeah, in the French, the French quarter there. Big daddy ate a lot of beignets. Sure yeah. did. Sure did. And Come then, on, Big Daddy. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> There's also the Blue Bayou restaurant at Disneyland, which is inside the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which is incredible. It is? And it, and yes. So the so Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland begins in the present. And you're oh. in, you're floating through like a Louisiana bayou and there's like a guy on a rocking chair on the front porch playing a little banjo. Ding, 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 ding. And off to the side is a restaurant inside the ride. What? That looks like you're in a nighttime, like outdoor New Orleans-y kind of restaurant. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. This is just further compounding the pain that I haven't been there. The first time I rode Pirates at Disneyland, I didn't know that it had this part of it and it was nighttime. Whoa. And I thought I was still outside. The illusion was really? that good. Oh, man. And then you realize you're in a show building and it drops yeah. down and then you end up in the pirate scenes. But I love Pirates of the Caribbean in, in California. It is far superior to the one in Florida. Far superior? Far, far superior. And the, sh- and the, and the showrooms are much larger. So they like are? the room where you, where you, where you, you know, your boat slides down and you're in the pirate ship scene. It's yeah. like way bigger in California because they had more room or they originally built it much bigger. <laughs> well, well. Because when Magic Kingdom opened in Florida, they didn't originally have pirates yeah. in the Caribbean. Right. But there was such high demand for it that they like shoved it into a little section that they had available, and it's just not as good. You made me sad. So wherever, what were you talking what about? Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, real, the, the real New Orleans, the real French Quarter was, was a little disappointing to me. I imagine it's pretty insane during Mardi Gras, but I love the idealized version of it in Disneyland, but also in this movie, I thought it the, the city and the and the locations were an incredible character in this movie, mm-hmm. and so so well done. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. After watching it, I watched it today. Also, I was sitting there and I was eating chili, and I was thinking, man, I really wish this was gumbo. So now, <laughs> so now I've got like this wild hair i gotta get me some gumbo i gotta i gotta cook some up because i don't i don't think i've ever had it just gumbo in general yeah i don't think i've had it i think back when i would have had opportunity to try it i think i was a little more picky so yeah sure i'm older and a little more adventurous and i'd like to give it another shot i think i had some when we were in new orleans i definitely had a bunch of seafood a bunch of shrimp and beans and rice and classic kind of dishes from down there we've gone on a lot of tangents in this episode which i love any, but any further thoughts on Princess and the Frog? <laughs> I think Chris needs to come up with our rating system. Ooh, yes. David, I know you, you work on like a percentile out of like 10, basically, right? Like like 100% yeah. range. What about... Percentile out of 100. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, how about out of 10 shadow monsters? Okay. Hey. Go for it, Chris. Start us off. All right. I love the pacing in this film. I think there are times where it's a little off-kiltered, but it always seems to find its balance every time in my in my eyes. I love the writing, I love the story, the animation, the music, the directing. I just I just think it's like home run after home run. It's a breath of fresh air seeing like a modern 2D animated film. 
this is, this is going to be really high, but I give it 9 out of 10 shadow monsters. Great. David, out of 10 shadow monsters. Probably give it a 7 out of 10. I don't know. I just, I didn't love it. I think if they were in human form more the movie, I might have liked them more. I, I wasn't expecting them to be frogs the whole time. I had no clue what the movie was about. I knew there was some aspect of like kissing a frog in it somehow, but I didn't really <laughs> think that they'd be frogs for half of the movie. Yeah, like I said before, I felt like it took kind of a long time to get to like, I don't know, how are they going to resolve their situation as frogs. But if you're into witches and voodoo and all that sort of thing like he's a pretty cool villain and like he's a fun personality as a villain Mm. i liked the animation kind of like tricks with the shadows it was pretty cool Mm -hmm. and i like the music i like jazz and that sort of thing but none of the songs i can't like sing them in my head right now so they weren't like that catchy but i i'm sure i would have said the same thing seeing tarzan for the first time i would i'm not one to remember songs that easily so i won't blame that on the movie Mm -hmm. but seven out of ten for me Shadow Monsters. <laughs> I'm right with you, Chris. I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Yes! The more I think about it and the more I flip through it here, the more I like it even more. I had to smile from ear to ear most of this movie. Ditto. The songs, one after another, were, were catchy. I and mean, this is classic Ron and John. Like, it's so nice mm-hmm. to have them back. I loved how they took, you know, the typical fantasy disney musical tropes and sort of turn them on their head yeah you know it started with a storybook opening but not in the way they'd done it before right they talked about wishing on a star but she's like i don't want to do that anymore that's for babies or crazy people you <laughs> yeah, know there are all these yeah. different elements all these different elements that like were nods to the past movies but were sort of turning it on their head and as i mentioned at the very top a lot of the characters represent a lot of the similar characters in similar movies, but they're just, they're different enough that it felt different and new and fresh. And this just is such a return to form to that timeless feel. I immediately wanted to watch it again, except for I needed to watch uh, tangled for next week. So (laughs) I will, I will revisit this movie very soon. Um, I've already listened to the soundtrack again and uh so good a very very pleasant surprise and i highly recommend anyone who has not seen this who is a big disney fan to log on to your disney plus right now and watch yes Prin- princess and the frog so with that we will wrap this show up chris lair always a pleasure to have you on disney one by one well thank you for having me yet again rolfing brothers this is one of my favorite things in the world so it's a pleasure and david always happy to talk disney with you my dream wouldn't be complete without you in it Oh, oh, there it is. You not can do the mucus one? <laughs> it's not slime, it's mucus. <laughs> and remember, you can find us everywhere on the internet at Disney1x1. Please leave us a rating interview on Apple Podcasts. And remember to pull up your Disney Plus and watch some old movies and listen to some past episodes. Uh, there's a lot of fun conversations to be had and many appearances of Chris Lair. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, as I mentioned a moment ago, we have Tangled from 2010 back to CG, and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Toodles. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. So, Chris, now that you have watched this again recently. Mike, I didn't. 
Mike, have you seen this movie? That's what ha- I just. Mike, have that's you? What we, that's what we were just talking about. <laughs> that was the whole conversation. That's where it started. Wait, did you say you got it in the mail with Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind, yeah. never mind. <laughs> it was a long tangent. <laughs> Thank you for trying to set it up like you should do, but yeah. there it you, is. You missed your opportunity. You can do it's it on good, this round. It's a good co-host. 